0: Welcome to the DL. This is the show where we talk about everything in the truck and equipment repair industry. It's my job to help inform and educate you on ways to help your business. We talk with technicians, business owners, associations, industry experts, manufacturers, and even a few you wouldn't think traditionally apply to your business. Welcome to the DL, I'm your host, Tyler Robertson. I am the CEO and founder of Diesel Laptops. And this is the podcast show where I get to talk about my two great passions. Uh, The two great passions I have are truck repair and entrepreneurship. I love growing a business. I love everything we do on the diesel diagnostic and repair side. So anytime I get to mash those two together, it's absolutely a great thing for me to talk about. And today we get to talk about my second least favorite subject and that would be accounting. So with that great intro, Mike, welcome to the show. I got Mike McGovern here.
1: Hey, Jim Tyler. Yeah. I got to ask what's the first least favorite?
0: Uh by far HR. I absolutely despise everything to do with HR, but I got a great HR department. I need even do an episode on that really because I got all kinds of great horrendous HR stories to tell the to tell the public one of these days. But I think one of the one of the other not so good stories at Diesel Laptops is you know really how we got engaged with you guys. So just a recap for the audience that's not aware. You know, we started small. I was in my garage, my dining room table. Um, did a couple million of revenue the first year. Then we doubled it. and Then we doubled it again. And all of a sudden, you know, we're we're having some cash flow issues, financing things. We really don't know what's going on because I pretty much had said screw it to having any kind of real accounting staff up until up until that point. So that was about 18ish, I think. 2018. Yeah, it was the first year we we
1: uh, met. From there, it's uh, one, one audit, two reviews later.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I want to tell a little bit of the story of, of what was really, really messed up on our part. Um, you know, when, when you got in here, you know, we had monthly financials. And I think a lot of times people just look at maybe their cash, especially a small business, right? You kind of look at the cash in your bank account, you look at your sales numbers just skyrocketing. And then there's this whole balance sheet thing that we <laughs> pretty much ignored <laughs> at, at the start.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I would look at you as typical entrepreneur. As a matter of fact, I think I referred to you as, um, at that point in time, a multimillion dollar startup, <laughs> you know, because you guys had already reached a lot in terms of revenue growth and things like that. But your accounting department was very similar to what you would see in a normal entrepreneurial startup, where, like you said, cash is king, right? <clears throat> if you had cash in the account and your sales were going the right way, you know, you're golden. Yeah. But the, the reality is you hit that spot where, um, you know, if you didn't understand the rest of the balance sheet. Uh, you, you know, you could do like several businesses have done in the past, or actually multiple businesses have done in the past, and, and you know, be growing yourself right out of business because you're not profitable as like you think, or,
0: or other reasons. Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that for a second, because yeah. that first year you did the audit, you know, we I got my monthly financials, you know, things are looking good. I remember you're coming in and you're like, "All right, Tyler, hope you're sitting down because <laughs> because we got a seven figure plus adjustment to make here to to your income statement." But you're like, "Don't worry, it doesn't affect cash." Right, um, So I don't know if you remember some of those things that we were doing wrong or, or any of the particular details of that, but when I say we had to make a seven-figure adjustment to our income statement to, to do some things in the balance sheet, can you explain a little bit of what we kind of went through?
1: Sure, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll jump into technical for just a second. So from an accounting standpoint, <clears throat> there's this thing called accrual accounting, right? Um, you, know, you can either be accrual basis or cash basis, and, and what people consider generally accepted accounting principles being uh, US GAAP is an accrual basis and so I think that's where a lot of the entrepreneurs have have to educate themselves as well as work with people who can help them educate themselves on understanding what that means. So in simplest terms that means that you put things on the balance sheet or you recognize income and expenses when they're earned or incurred versus when the cash comes in the door or you record a sale. Um, So in your case you know, you have multi-year contracts and things like that. So, you know, if you go out and invoice a customer, let's just say you got really good and, and your, your, your diagnostic tool is selling for a million bucks and you invoice a customer a million bucks, but it's for a 10-year contract um, in simplest terms, you don't get to recognize the whole $10 million up front. The $10 million has to be spread out over the performance period. Or, yeah. You know, you've got performance obligations to fulfill. And so from a gap standpoint, in terms of how you're really doing you have to kind of step away from the cash mentality a little bit, which is uh, which is very hard to do, and into the mentality of okay, where do I really stand? If I if I look at the big picture and take a snapshot, where do I stand?
0: Yeah, and that, I think what happened is you walked in here. We had sold thousands of laptop kits. We had claimed all that revenue like right. when it right. happened. You guys, yeah. you're like, but wait, you guys you guys support these for like the whole year. You can't right. you can't just take all the money today and then then you have this we have this trade in thing essentially. You buy these renewals and we take your old laptop back and swap it with a new one and. There was a lot of complexity, we were just kind of like, huh, I guess I guess we should have thought about that a little bit more or engage with somebody possibly. Do you see that a lot at other companies that are in that stage?
1: In the early stages in particular, yes we do. We definitely do, especially first time through a review or an audit when you really get in deeper. You know, A lot of times uh, you know, we'll advise cash basis for startups and things like that until they get to this point where this stuff matters. um because that's how you you know you've got to manage what you can you've got limited resources in-house as well and and so that might be something we talk about in a few minutes but you know when when you're kind of a small startup in the garage you know checkbook accounting may work you know but then you get to a point where you're like okay when you know we're getting big enough where this stuff matters and that's that's when you have to kind of start looking at different eyes
0: yeah and i I think one thing i skipped over here in the beginning is exactly who your firm is right so I (laughs) speeches and stormer um, you're you're obviously our CPA that that works with us. We right. work with some of your staff over there as well. Um, can you just kind of outlay, who do you guys work with? Is it small companies, mega companies? Like wh- explain sure. explain your customer base a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll
1: give you the thirty second infomercial. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That, so yeah. now, so we were started in 1991. Uh, I think right now we're the largest firm based in Columbia, South Carolina. We've got about 85 employees total, and we deal primarily with uh, non-public companies. Uh, we also deal with um, you know with I would tell you anything from the startups up through basically point of sale to, you know, private equity groups and sometimes public companies. So that's, that's our kind of our sweet spot. In addition to kind of the traditional businesses like yourself, we also deal with a lot of captive insurance companies. We we do a a lot of them are domiciled out of Charleston, South Carolina, and we do a lot of telecommunications work. So we work with telecommunications accounting.
0: So, I mean, obviously you serve all industries and I got to imagine our story's not too terribly different. All right. I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a guy with an idea, I wanna go sell some stuff. Right. And you know, typically when in a business, you gotta be HR, you gotta be accounting, you gotta be sales, tech support, customer service, all these things. And most people I know that run truck repair shops, they used to be diesel technicians, right? right. Or they run a mobile maintenance operation and now they're now all of a sudden they're a business owner and it's a, a little bit of a different set of game and knowledge set that you need. So if anyone's listened to this and they're just, just starting out in business so they got a handful of employees, is there some like basic one-on-one stuff that that every company, even small ones, should be doing?
1: I think I think the answer is yes. I mean the, the kind of the low hanging fruit, uh, you know, is, is what I would tell you to go for. And in the case of accounting and even even HR and everything else, I think the biggest thing you can do is get your hands on it early. You know, you may not you may not have a the knowledge of a CPA um, or the knowledge of an HR expert, but but there's some some kind of common sense steps that can be taken. That are maybe not natural for entrepreneurs to do because they, like I said, they're focused on growth and things like that. But you know, just just basic good record keeping. Number one, um, you know, just keeping your records in order. Um, you know, it, keeping copies of invoices, copies of bills, copies of checks. Um, you know, looking at your bank statement every month, making sure there's nothing goofy there. And most of the time, the first year or two, you're going to be doing that stuff yourself, or you know, a spouse is going to help you, or a friend, or something like that. Um, but I would tell you just the, the good basic you know, clean set of records to start from um, is where you do, and then when you get that next phase, you know, where you've got an out, you know, you've got somebody else who comes in to help you, uh, whether it's part-time accountant, off-site, you know, an outside firm or whatever, I think it's real important to to ask questions. Uh, You know, look at bank statements, look behind the detail if you got, I might be jumping a little bit deeper and you want to go here, but, um, you know, for example, accounts receivable ledgers, you know, you've gone out and, and had all these sales, When's the last time as a uh, you know, when you're in your second year of operations, did you go in and look at the detail of okay, hey, you know what, I've got two thirds of my accounts receivable are over ninety days. That's, you know, you start scratching your head. How collectible are those?
0: So so I'll tell our story on receivables. And <clears throat> I, I worked for my family forever before doing this. And then and, and we they, they 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 may say they're good at receivables, they're they're not. Give my give my dad a little little shit here. But um, <laughs> you know, at at the end of the day I knew going into this, I was like, Okay, I got I gotta keep my eye on receivables. I know this is important. I can't let this get out ahead of me at all. Basically, trust no one. I'm going to run a cash-only business, right? Um, sounds like I'm a drug lord or something. But but I was like, cash is king. I, I need the cash to keep growing here. And I don't know how it happened, but all of a sudden I woke up one day, and people owed me $2 million, and I didn't have anywhere near that in my bank account, and I had bills due. Like, do you see that a lot with companies that are growing just outrunning their cash because they're not taking care of the backside?
1: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt, because I think that um, that's a... You know, I think it's it's a common issue that's out there, and I'll tell you the same thing with uh, bank reconciliations, for example. Um, yeah. You know, what people use QuickBooks. It's a you know it's a great tool. For, we we for use those. it here still. You know, yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're you're probably one of the larger. I've got three or four of your size that still do. Yeah, for various reasons, but yeah. So what happens is QuickBooks when when you go through and you say you reconcile account. You push the button and it come back and says reconciled. You're like great, cash is <laughs> reconciled. So, but the reality is, if you go into the detail, you may have outstanding deposits and checks and things that never cleared for various reasons over the years um, that you know that really need to be cleaned up and addressed. And you may have a lot more cash or a lot less cash than you thought. And receivables is the same thing. You know, I think people forget. Uh, you know, the, the the tendency is customer. You call a customer and they say, yeah, they're going to pay in 30 days. Well, then you put that on the list. Okay, they will pay me 30 days. I'll fall in 30 days. Well, 30 becomes 60, becomes 90, becomes 120. Yep. And then they hit cash flow issues. And, you know, and then you got to deal with, you know, taking the hit because you've already sold the product. You can't get it back at full value. And, uh, and it's expensive.
0: So, I mean, our story here is we, we pretty much brought you guys in. We're, like you said, 2018. At that point, we had probably done a total of like, you know, 40 or 50 million sales. You combine up all the years. And we basically needed to have a, have a balance sheet audit done. We're trying to clean things up. We knew we had a problem there. And you come, you come in there, and it, it wasn't a quick process <coughs> at all. Because my understanding was, you guys had to go back to like day one and try to try to figure out this mess that we built. It was a little bit of a spider <laughs> um, But
1: but yeah, I mean, I think you know, you, uh, fortunately for you, you had you had good staff with good attitudes. Um, I can tell you that I probably would have quit after month two <laughs> if I was on a job. Yeah. Um, but no, it's definitely more intense. And and you know, frankly, your company, even at that size pretty complex from an accounting standpoint. You know, if you think about it, you have software, you've got, uh, well, I don't know, multiple deliverable contracts, uh, right? So yeah. you've got, instead, it's not like you're just selling widgets. It's not like you're just manufacturing yeah. It's a widgets. three-year
0: package, five-year exactly. package. You, you've
1: got packages, software, hardware, yeah. service, um, you know, you buy stuff you were selling online, you know, some, yeah. some off through third parties. Um, So you've got all that as well as the the traditional accounting that you're trying to deal with.
0: And then we had money kind of coming in through PayPal and Stripe and bank accounts and credit. We had like three or four credit card processors. And it it got complicated quick. And that's when we started figuring out. um, I remember sitting in Laura's office because Laura was here at that point. And uh, she has this big whiteboard with all these arrows. And she's just trying to, like, map out, like, how the money flows from all these different sources. Yep. And it's it's a tough thing to do. And it, even even this week, it happened to us again. You know, we we kind of got everything smooth, going well. Um, we're down to, like, a 10-day soft close now, which is great. Because it used to take us – well, it took us a year there at one point. Yeah. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a second. Um, but, you know, we finally got that all down there and everything. And um, she had to come back and say, you know, we switched our – um, one of our subsystems somewhere in this whole thing, we, we switched. And she said when we did that, it broke like all the fees were absorbing on, on eBay. And it was putting them into this other balance sheet account that was kind of not much. And it was growing every month. So we finally took a look at it. And she's like, well, now we got to take a $25,000 or $40,000 hit because I'm dealing with six months of expense. So those things kind of keep coming up as you make one little change somewhere. It's like the ripple effect that happens exactly. on the accounting side.
1: No, there's going to be, and that's going to continue. I mean, you'll see that all the way up. You're going to push the bubble in one spot, and all of a sudden, it pops out somewhere else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's going to keep going.
0: Well, so. going going back to that, that audit you guys did for us, and again, this wasn't, this was no your fault. was our fault for getting a mess here. But it took a while to do that because it was like, it felt like almost like kicking over a rock. You you kick it over, and all of a sudden, you're like, wow, yeah. what's that? You just keep digging, digging deeper and deeper, and. Yeah. In, in full disclosure, Tyler, there
1: were many times where I thought you were going to just pull the pull the plug and say, Mike, you know, you're a nice guy, but but go away. <laughs> um, but no, there's no doubt because uh, you know, and and let's go back to, to the conversation we we're having earlier about startups. Your QuickBooks was set up, um, you know, it was um, set up by one person and then you had multiple people with access to it and as you thought you needed something or somebody thought they needed something, they added it yeah. or they changed it. And so as a result of that, you know, you were starting off with an accounting system that had been kind of pieced together by different people, I don't think any of which at that point were degreed accountants. Yeah. And, you know, as a result, it, uh, you, you know, it, it had gotten into a little bit of a, of a, of a web. Um, and, and to unravel that, um, that's when you get into the things we were talking about, uh, you, you, you and I were talking about earlier, about the fact that you have these multi-year contracts with all these different things. You know, to go through and try to figure out what packages you sold to what customers and things like that, you know, thank goodness for Riley and some of your historical knowledge that you had. Yeah. Um, you're, you know, because there, there was a point there where we didn't even know if we could get there with the information. <laughs> I mean, it's truly yeah. was, just, you know, it was a lot of work. And, uh, you yeah, know, but fortunately you had good staff who, you know, Again, there I think most of them are still here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who uh, you know who had good attitudes, and I, th- I think it was a good learning process for for you and them as well as us as to how this all comes together. So
0: yeah, yeah. There was just a photo that one of our employees put on Facebook. It was like from three years ago, I think it was. Maybe it was four it was like the first original 20 employees and we all took the day off to go to the escape room and, yeah. and do and shut the yeah. business down can't quite do that anymore but I, yeah. they were counting they're like there's 11 people are still here you know and people move on and off companies for various reasons but yeah they're they're still around for a lot of the, a lot of that um, yeah so I, I mean I just remember that process it was, it was taken forever um, you, you know and I, I look back on it now and you know I when I when I first started the business I was like ah CPAs they're gonna Make me do all these things and charge all this money. I don't. I don't need this. Blah blah blah. And we
1: probably did the first day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, But you know, in hindsight, if I would have started that process earlier and had a relationship going with someone, yeah. maybe not like day one. I don't need a full sheet balance on it, but at least get someone in my corner that can just give me the one on one. Like, let's just look at this real quick for you, Tyler, and tell you some basic stuff you're gonna you're gonna need here. Would have been very helpful. And then the other part of it was I didn't realize you guys could actually save me money. <laughs> So like the R and D tax credit, right? I had Perfect no, I, I had no idea that even existed. Um, so I, I don't know how much we made off that R and D tax credit. Uh, do you remember the number at all? I don't, I,
1: I don't remember. I think it was it was definitely north of the uh, the you know the six figures or whatever. Yeah, it was it so, was
0: a it was a big so. thing we got back. But I, I think that's a people don't realize is you actually are there to help save and manage your business, and it's an important cornerstone of their business.
1: Right, and I, and I like to look at. It, I mean, it's it's an overused term, but you know, most trusted business advisor. I mean, that's what we want to be. You know, as uh, I'm on the ANA side, the audit and accounting side attestation, and that's not always, you know, not always looked at as as a good thing from the standpoint of, even if you like the uh, auditor, at the end of the day, they're coming in, they're looking at records, they're asking your people to do things that they're out of their day job. And, you know, it's a lot of time commitment, a lot of work. But ultimately, there are things that we're looking for to try to help you. Um, A prime example, that's 2018, you know, part of what you wanted, I don't know if you knew it at the time. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: But part of what you wanted was, uh, you know, was the feedback on the accounting system. And so, you know, I don't know if you remember the the management letter that we issued, but you know, part of what we do as part of an audit is we're required to communicate internal control deficiencies. And uh, and I think we had I don't I hope you don't mind me saying this but I think we had a book in your <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah we could have you know, written a, a test uh, paper on that
0: you, you know it was really funny because I, I got it like oh cool they audited us they found all these things and I, I showed it you know now we do have you know some people here with accounting knowledge and all that stuff I'm like oh yeah we got a balance sheet done and they looked at like this is horrible <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you know you missed all these controls and all these things and yep. you know I I think part of what we need to talk about too is is we did we did a review. And then, then there's, like, the whole audit side, right? So we did a balance sheet-only audit, essentially, right. um, and we've only done reviews with you since then. Can you just, like, break it down for the audience? Like, what difference between a, a review and an audit? Okay, sure. And
1: so there's really there's, – there's basically three levels of service that, that are provided for financial statements. And I'll, I'll give you the, the Reader's Digest version of that. Yeah. Compilation, review, and an audit. A compilation is the is the basics. Uh, compilation is no assurance. Compilation means you know you give me your data and you say Mike make this look like a financial statement. Yeah. And that's what I do. And unless there's something in there that leads me to believe there's something that's absolutely materially misstated, yeah, you know, I take what you give me and I turn around and I give you compiled financial statements back. Okay. Yeah. Second level is a review. A, l- a review is called limited assurance. A review means that in addition to you know helping financial statements and, and really technically preparations a separate service so if I'm preparing your financial statements you know the reality is that's a separate service but so we in, in your case we prepare the financial statements um, you know to save Michelle some some typing in headache of going through footnotes and all that yeah. um, and then we do a review on it and a review consists primarily of inquiries and analytical procedures so in a review you know i'm going to ask you about subsequent events i'm going to ask you hey what happened to your margins here um, or you know why why is cash down everything else points to it being up and that kind of stuff and and, and we're going to look at your day sales ar and things like that and and, and it's going to be uh, as, as it says, limited assurance because we're not going in and testing that unless yeah. there's a reason to. And then finally, it's the audit. And uh, you know, you guys had asked us to do an audit in 2018 because you knew you needed a good stake in the sand to move yeah. forward. Yeah. And so in 2018, we did a balance sheet audit as we as we talked about earlier. And that's full blown um, looking at things. And, and instead of me just going in and saying, "Hey Tyler, what happened with cash?" I'm going to go in and I'm going to review your bank statements, your bank reconciliations, yeah. and, and things like that, and get um, you know get some outside. Uh, verification where we can, or we're going to go in and, and just basically test behind you and your accounting staff to make sure that uh, that we can give a reasonable basis for an opinion that says, hey, we've tested it. Your financial statements are
0: materially correct. So when you do these things, is there a little bit of liability on on your guys' side? Because I know you guys are signing these things and making yep. certain statements in there. Where what what's going on there?
1: In terms of the liability, um, you know, love to tell you that. That there's a reason that we give you a seven-page engagement letter <laughs> that used to be a you know three-page. And when I started, yeah. it's like every time the attorneys have another problem, they add yeah. another page. Um, but but no, so so there is definitely liability because at the end of the day, uh, yeah, we're subject to professional standards, right? With the, the you know we got our um, you know auditing standards and we've got our accounting standards, and, and so we're we're bound by those to, to make sure that we've done what a reasonable person would do to issue an opinion. So. Uh, so, there is liability, or I mean, hopefully, potential liability yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. uh, associated with, with doing services. You know, compilation obviously is probably less of a chance, and review maybe less of a chance. But when you get into an audit, um, you know, at the end of the day, I've got to consider who's, who's relying on these financial statements. You know, if you've got a bank that's loaning you money, and I go out there and I don't test your inventory, and your inventory doesn't exist because you have somebody back up a truck and, you know, take it off and sell yeah. for scrap. And, uh, and I haven't done what I'm supposed to do to test to make sure it's there. Say the receivables. Your receivables aren't collectible, but I don't go in and I don't test for subsequent collections to make sure your receivables are there. Well, then, you know, your bank goes out and makes you a loan based on financial statements that aren't right. You know, most likely you're not going to have the money to pay the bank back, and it makes me look for the next guy in line. I, I, <laughs> so. I, think,
0: I think that's what I've learned, too, as my business has grown. It's not just, like, what's on paper, but it's like you talked about, asking the questions to make sure the business is – properly protected and de-risked enough and like set up for success so that's the part I've enjoyed it's not just here's your numbers Tyler you're good or you're bad it's tell me why their gross margins are going down here tell me why these inventory numbers are spiking. tell me you know so you ask us the right questions which gets us in the right mindset of of doing those things so it's I think at any point no matter what size business you need to find that a a trusted partner like you said
1: no that's exactly right And and I think in your case um you know, I'm pretty sure in year one, your appreciation of, of us asking the questions and things like, like yeah. that. You're like, I, I remember you saying, well, "What's what's gap, right?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What well, do, I do I care about this revenue? I don't care. I got cash in the bank. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I think as we've grown to you know to learn more about each other, I you know I've seen your business knowledge and your 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 knowledge of accounting and things like that grow as well. And I think you've also surrounded yourself with good people. And I think that combination is what you need to springboard into the next level of business. And so yeah, it's been kind of a you know, kind of a fun uh, experience to watch from the outside. Yeah, these last three years.
0: So I mean, I know we did the so we did a review with you. Or I'm sorry, we did the it was basically the balance sheet audit with you the first year. Second year, um, basically my whole entire accounting department kind of got turned over. Right. So so we were like, okay, we can't we can't do this. But
1: it didn't take as long as the audit. It didn't take as long as the
0: audit. Well then we had to get the new person in here and basically restaff and and do everything right. And she just looked at the the first audit we did and she's like. We're gonna fail again, so I need a year here to like get this right. And she goes, "I will, I will pass this audit with flying colors." So Michelle threw the challenge flag down for for twenty twenty one to have a have a have a cleanest audit possible. That's is what right. she said. great,
1: but but that's also a good point too. Is, um, you know, two thousand eighteen an audit made perfectly good sense for you. I mean, it, yeah. it, You know, you you needed that. You know that. Well, that banks awakening. were
0: starting to ask for it too, right? Like, we want bigger yeah, credit lines, exactly. and like, you've audited financials. Like, nobody got QuickBooks here, you know, and they're right. kind of like, yeah, like. That's you guys right. need to move it up your game. Yeah. So as, as I was gonna
1: say, there's multiple reasons to have an audit, right? Yeah. You know, one is if you know you, you're if you're looking at, uh, um, you know, if you got investors, whether it's family, friends, uh, you know, outside investors, whatever. You know, a lot of times you want it, you, you're accountable to them. Number two is the financing institutions and things like that. And then you know, then uh, number three is you know, a lot of a lot of our clients get them because they just want to know that Peace they've of got mind. good screen. You know, they yeah. Want to, you know th- Yeah. They trust their accounting staff. They hope they've got good internal controls, but they want a little bit of a scrubbing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, there's multiple reasons. And in year two and three when we did the review, um, you know, we, we had multiple conversations about whether or not you want an audit or review, I think, in both years. Uh, and, and there's cost-benefit decisions, too, right? I mean, what are you going to get out of it if, if Michelle tells you that numbers aren't really, you know, that we, we think we're good for a review, we think the numbers are right, but to substantiate some of that might be a challenge because of the turnover in accounting and records and things like that. Well, then why spend the money on an audit? You know let's let's get a review and get you the level of service that you need yeah so
0: yeah no i i think and i you know we're at the point now where hey we need to do you know annual you know audits it, it's just we're, we're at that point and revenue is still doing what's doing we keep adding people and i, I can tell you there's another reason to get an audit done this one us sort of left field so we rented a facility in dallas texas we do our one day training courses there and we wanted to launch in partnership with american diesel training centers where they bring their instructor in, they find a bunch of underemployed uh, people, right. and they bring him in there and go through a 300-hour program, and they turn him into diesel techs. So we had to apply for like an educational license with the state of Texas. Got denied because they said, because you are, uh, if you're an LLC, you don't need any kind of audited financials or anything, but if you're any kind of formal S-Corp, C-Corp, all those other things, you have to have audited financials from the previous year in order to get approved for a... Educational license in state It makes about zero sense. Uh, it, <laughs> makes, it makes zero sense. And we, we tried to argue that, and they're like, well, what if we just go start up another LLC, LLC for, for just Diesel. training? They're like, yeah, you can do that. We're like, this is just bizarre. And I get, I think they're trying to protect like the scammy educational right. companies that come in and just take student loan money and run off to the hills and provide no value to people. But again, that's lawmakers in general, I guess, right?
1: right. Yeah. And and you know, like you said, I mean, you you don't ever know when that's gonna come up, um, but. In that case, that's one of those ones where I am assuming you found a way around it. Right. So. No, we we waited. Go? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, okay. so
0: so you're getting the hint that we are definitely gonna do an audit next year <laughs> for 2021. because <laughs> uh, we, we have to have it for that. And it's okay. just it, it, we're at the point now too. It's just one of those things that we gotta we gotta rubber stamp every year and know we're we're in the right direction. Um, like I said, you guys have you guys have saved me a ton of money over the years. Um, you guys have helped us as a company, not just, again, not just here's the doing the work, but actually being there and saying, hey, we got some, we got some insight for you guys. And it's actually spookily eerie, because every time you bring up something, we're all hanging our heads like, yeah, we know that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 it's good to see that that flows through the accounting side. Yeah, and again, I mean, it, it,
1: there's no doubt that there's nothing like feeling like sometimes you're the bear or bad. Just like, okay, I'm supposed to be, you know, developing a good relationship and helping you move forward. But yeah, sometimes that involves calling things to your attention, and at the end of the day, we got to call it like we see it because we're not helping you if we don't.
0: So. Yeah. All right. So, um, any last words of advice for any business owners out there? You know, if they're if they're struggling or their numbers aren't right, or they're scratching their head, or they're just drowning in, in everything. Any any advice you give them in general?
1: I think a couple of things. One would be see if you can find a mentor. You know, I mean, I think uh, you know. There's a lot of people who've been through it before, as Tyler's saying now. I and mean, you're, you I think you're very kind to take and share this kind of a story with, with your audience. Um, so, yeah, you know, find a mentor and and find a good, good group of, of people that you trust, who can help guide you through it. Don't feel like you have to do it on your own, number one. And then, you know, and then number two, obviously, you know, don't wait too long. I mean, you you know, the CPA world is, you know, you can certainly start with uh, with a low cost solution and things like that, but. You know, don't wait too long to pull the trigger on on that next step of, okay, you know, hey, as you did in 2018, let, let's see where we really are. Um, because if you don't have good financial records, at the end of the day, you can make some really bad decisions. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, and I think the other point there, too, is I know, you know, my migration was, I had, like, my local tax guy that was helping me, and I, I've seen people try to use, you know, h Block, and they're putting their business stuff in there and trying to do all kinds of weird stuff that's just not good at the end of the day. So just, just do it right. And I think you said it right. Find trusted partners, find mentorships, or there's those kinds of organizations around everything. So your clients, is it only people in the Midlands area you guys are helping, or is it regional, countrywide? It's, I would tell you that it's uh, primarily in
1: the South Carolina market. Uh, you know, Obviously, the, the, the chunk of it's in Columbia, but we serve the whole state. We serve some in North Carolina, Georgia. You know that way as well and then uh, yeah but that doesn't make us shy away from other states as well particularly in like the telecom world or the, or the captive insurance world you know we've got we've got you know clients nationwide and those, uh, and then we also deal with a lot of a lot of companies here when locally that are foreign-owned so we also deal with uh, you know, some of the foreign foreign-owned investments as well
0: yep so. Well, if someone wants to get a hold of you, is it is it LinkedIn website? What's the best way to get a hold of you if they got some questions or follow ups? Um, I would tell you
1: website is probably the easiest. I mean, LinkedIn is, is good as well. And then uh, yeah, if you follow the website, you know there's all the contact information there for myself as well as so, yeah, the, uh, I think all eighty employees.
0: Yeah. So. Well, like I'll tell everyone, you know, good accounting isn't cheap and cheap accounting isn't good, right? So you need to have, you need to have, I'm, I'm not saying you guys are expensive or anything, but you want to, you want to have the right level of knowledge and professionalism to help your business, depending on what stage of growth you're in and, and all those things. Right. And I think that some of that, you'll, you'll, you'll know whether it's the right fit.
1: I mean, you know, I think, uh, You know as that relationship develops i think you can figure out pretty quickly whether or not you know this is uh this is who i want on my team and it goes both ways and and so i think that's uh something to pay attention to
0: so i would say if anyone's listening to this and they can't have a conversation like this with their cpa they they probably have the wrong cpa and they need to find someone that can engage with them
1: i think that's that's true and and certainly i appreciate you giving us the opportunity to come on on board today and, and talk with you and hopefully uh you know get some information out there for your your audience
0: Cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to call it an episode. Mike, thank you very much for coming on talking to us a little bit. Again, my second least favorite subject. i got to do an HR one now just so I can, just so I can drive that point home. Fair play. <laughs> but they definitely help us out. Hopefully, you got a little bit out of this. And like we end every episode, it's not just diagnostics. It's diagnostics done right. And you need to have a great CPA in your corner to help you do it. All right. Thank you much, Thanks, everyone. Tom.